You are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. Our state's Latino voters could tip the scales in toss-up congressional races, but the California report finds that, despite their decisive role, some Latinos are feeling ignored in the midterm melee. After regional news and weather, celebrations of Nissan on Heritage Day and Veterans Day reach for the stars. We end with an essay by Molly Fisk. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. With control of Congress at stake in next week's midterm elections, some California races are very competitive. And as KQED's Tyke Hendricks reports, in several districts, Latino voters could be decisive, which in and of itself isn't so surprising. But more than half of Latino voters who were recently polled say no campaign has asked for their vote. Here's Tyke. Latinos don't vote as a block, of course, but in a few of the closest House races, there's such a big share of the electorate that they could tip the scales. That's according to new data from the National Association of Latino Elected Officials, or NALEO. In one district stretching from Tracy into the San Joaquin Valley, the race between Republican John Duarte and Democrat Adam Gray is a toss-up, and more than half of registered voters are Latino. But Arturo Vargas, the CEO of Naleo's Education Fund, says these voters are too often ignored by the campaigns. One of our main concerns, the majority of Latinos were saying that no one had reached out to them uh, to consider voting for them. California Latinos who were contacted said they were more likely to hear from Democrats. Vargas says Naleo's tracking poll shows abortion rights are important to a lot of California Latinos, but not the top concern. The cost of living and inflation is the number one issue that Latinos consider to be important in this election. And he says for voters who are still undecided in the final days, those economic issues will likely make the difference. For The California Report, I'm Tyke Hendricks. A report by the National Employment Law Project, a progressive worker advocacy organization, finds that California workers experience, quote, rampant employer retaliation for exercising their rights. But the survey of 1,000 workers also found a low reporting rate, with only 10 percent of employees reporting on-the-job abuse to a government agency. Nayantara Mehta is with the National Employment Law Project. Bosses can and do retaliate against workers who speak up about workplace problems. And of course, the economic hardship that comes with losing a job or losing income means that many workers decide it's just not worth the risk. The report recommends creating a retaliation fund to provide financial aid to workers reporting violations and a just cause policy for firings. The California Chamber of Commerce was not immediately available for a comment. The Central Valley has long been synonymous with conservative, small government politics, a big red spot in California's blue landscape. But there's a new assembly district in the Valley, and the two candidates vying for the seat are both women, both Democrats, and both people of color. Surprised? Ariel Gans of CalMatters has the details. On a hot Saturday morning, California Assembly candidate Leticia Perez is rallying a crowd at the Electrical Workers Union Hall in East Bakersfield. 
And I see my Indian brothers and sisters in the back. I see my black familia here today. I see a few Latinos. The diversity of the audience mirrors that of Kern County, and Perez makes representation a theme of her remarks. Okay, we are Kern County. And who we elect, and who we admire, and who we advance, and who we help acquire power, right, determines the culture and the capability of this community. Perez is running to represent the recently redistricted Assembly District 35, which covers most of Kern County and is now more than half Latino. Of the wide range of communities across the region, the Latino population is growing the fastest. Latinos have had a growing presence here for more than 50 years, but they've been consistently underrepresented at every level of political office. It was only 20 years ago, for example, that the Central Valley elected its first Latino to the state Senate, Dean Flores. Bob Alvarez was Flores' chief of staff. There's always been a push for more Latino representation. There's always been a, uh, there's always been a core group of people that have been part of that process. And one of the area's current assembly members, Rudy Salas, will be the first Latino to represent the Central Valley in Congress if he wins the bid he's making this year. Kern County is also home to tens of thousands of Sikhs and Punjabis, communities that settled in the Central Valley generations ago. If Leticia Perez's opponent, Jasmine Baines, wins the race for the state assembly seat, I will be the first Sikh American. I will be the first South Asian woman. I will be the first um, family doctor, the first addiction specialist, first... There's a lot of firsts. There's a lot of history to be made, and I think the community is very excited. Baines spoke about her candidacy at a high school gym in the Kern County town of McFarland, where she just wrapped up a community roundtable. She said she identifies as a doctor first, not a politician. But she decided to run because she realized there was only so much she could do through her medical work. What prescription can I write that's going to fix the home environment? What prescription can I write that's going to fix the water or air quality? What prescription can I write to fix their social settings of the patients? We ought to take it further. Kern County is one of the least healthy counties in the state and has some of the worst air quality. In a county that voted Republican in every presidential election for more than 50 years, a race between two Democrats may seem unusual. But research shows that the Central Valley has an unusually high number of conservative Democrats. Here's Leticia Perez again, back at the Union Hall in Bakersfield. No party represents the whole of Kern County. Uh, we like to say we have a purple center. You know, we're merging and changing and evolving. We're a melting pot like the rest of this great country. But when candidates share a party label, it can be harder for voters to distinguish them. Baines and Perez finished within one percentage point of each other in the primary. But no matter who wins, the race is a sign that these communities are ascending politically, and the region is on track to have more diverse candidates in the years to come. For The California Report, I'm Ariel Gans from Bakersfield. And Ariel's story is part of a project from the California Newsroom. That's a collaboration of California's public radio stations, NPR, and the website CalMatters. Support for The California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation recognizing young social entrepreneurs through the Wesley Prize for Young Innovators of California. Information about how to apply is available at wesley.org. Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. Personalcapital.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. 
And that is this edition of the California Report for Thursday, November 3rd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Remember, you can get all your statewide news on the California Report podcast. Subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. In regional news, according to the Union newspaper of Grass Valley, Marysville police arrested a 26-year-old man this morning on suspicion of allegedly cutting and removing wiring from Comcast that led to extended phone and internet outages Wednesday in Yuba and Nevada counties. A wide swath of Comcast Xfinity customers had service interrupted at about 7.10 a.m. Wednesday. About three hours later, Marysville police were alerted to a possible wire theft from Comcast. The union quoted law enforcement officials as saying a large cable was cut and stolen from an area near the Yuba County Sheriff's Office. Marysville police officials said in a statement, this caused phone lines and the internet to be down across Yuba County and Nevada County. They estimated the damage could cost Comcast an estimated $100,000. A search led to an apartment complex in the 1100 block of Ramirez Street, where police located a suspect, 26-year-old Javier Chacon, who they said was allegedly in possession of a large amount of wiring that had been cut. The police statement continued, The motive appears to have been Chacon's mistaken belief the wires he stole were made of copper. Chacon was arrested and booked into Yuba County Jail for felony vandalism, grand theft, and felony malicious injury to communication lines. Turning to the forecast from the National Weather Service, it will be cool and dry through Friday with locally breezy north-to-east winds. Chances of rain and snow return over the weekend, with heavy rain and mountain snow possible Sunday through Tuesday. It will be partly cloudy tonight in Nevada City and Grass Valley, with a low around 33. Friday will be partly sunny, with a high of 56. Friday night, expect patchy fog between 9 and 11, otherwise partly cloudy, with a low around 38. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe tonight, a low around 13 and partly cloudy. Friday will be sunny and warmer, with a high near 50, and lows in the mid-20s. In Sacramento and Woodland tonight, mostly clear, with a low around 39. Friday will be sunny with a high in the mid-60s and a low in the mid-40s. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. The Nisanon Tribe celebrates its 13th annual Heritage Day on Saturday at the Nevada County campus of Sierra College. Next, the tribe's Shelley Covert talks to Al Stoller about how the day's activities will recognize ancient traditions alongside technology beyond the space age. Shelley, what's happening this Saturday? The 13th annual Nisanon Heritage Day. What can we expect? Nisanon Heritage Day will offer an educational and community moment for people to come together and learn more about the Nevada City Rancheria Nisenan tribe. We always partner with Sierra College, Nevada County campus. This year we have a special collaboration with the Calculus Roundtable. They are bringing a program called Math and Science of Indigenous People. And that is a computer workshop that includes native storyboarding and interactive NASA activities for fourth grade 
through 12th grade. That does sound interesting. And let's let people know that if kids want to participate in that, they have to sign up in advance. We do have a link on our website for signups, www.nisanon.org slash events. This year's theme is remembering we are from the stars. We are also having just celebration for Commander Nicole Mann. Nicole Mann is the first indigenous female astronaut in space, currently at the International Space Station. So a few tribes actually are coming together remotely for Nisanon Heritage Day and also in celebration of Nicole and remembering our connection to the stars. What kind of stories will we hear? This year, we're going to be talking about what's going on with the tribe today, our ongoing fight to have our federal recognition restored, also talking about some of the significant programming that CHIRP, the California Heritage Indigenous Research Project, the nonprofit arm of the tribe, talking about the different things that we've been successful at doing over the last 10 years, the moments that really shine out as needing more attention, more community involvement, And I see it as the other way around too, Al. I see so many community moments where the tribe, if we just had the capacity, we could step forward and share stories. People are so happy about stories, the heritage, the way old people did it in the old days. Also included are those stories from the animals, their importance in society and how we live together. The way we we react to one another is more like we're living in a video game than living with actual community members who need one another. Well said, well said. So there's a lot of great conversation to be had and ways that we can weave the tribe back into the community. My friend Troy Hatch will be bringing his dance family up and they will do the indigenous dancing. It's a free, all-age friendly event. The parking is free, so please don't pay the little parking meter at the bottom of the road at Sierra College. Just drive right on up and park there. We won't be having food this year. It's a shorter Heritage Day, 11 to 3. The kids who do sign up for the computer lab, they'll have pizza. This Saturday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., it's free at Sierra College, Nevada County Campus. And give us your website again in case people want to check that out. www.nisanon.org. Shelly, it's been really good talking with you. I look forward to the event. Thank you, Al. Thank you so much. Speaking with Shelly Covert, spokesperson for the Nisanon. For KVMR, I'm Al Stalin. If your fantasies include flying in a World War II-era troop carrier, here's an opportunity to make that dream come true. A Veterans Day benefit at the airport will allow you to board an historic C-47 aircraft and take to the skies over Nevada County, or you can watch safely from the ground. Felton Pruitt gets the details from Juan Brown. We're talking with Juan Brown from the Nevada County Airport. He wants to tell us about a Veterans Day spectacular, I guess you'd call it, coming up, and it's a benefit as well. Why don't you fill us in, Juan? Hey, great. Thanks, Felton. Yeah, very, very special event this Veterans Day this year. Friday, November 11th, and Saturday, November 12th, we're bringing up a very special aircraft, a C-47, better known as in the civilian world as a DC-3. That's a large twin-engine aircraft of World War II vintage, 
We're bringing it up from Paso Robles up to Nevada County Airport, and we'll be hopping rides in a C-47 or the DC-3. The civilian version is called the DC-3 uh, Skytrain. And for a donation, which is going to go towards the Golden Empire Flying Association, towards their Aviation Youth Scholarship Program. And the remaining proceeds will be going towards the museum that owns the aircraft for the care and feeding and continuous restoration of the aircraft. So when you say hopping rides, that means you actually get to go up and fly around. That's correct. And this aircraft is set up in the authentic C-47 World War II style troop carrier setup. So it's bench seating along the sides of the aircraft. We can hop up to 19 passengers per ride. We're planning on a Oh, it'll be about a 45-minute ride all through scenic Nevada County, probably take an hour, complete round trip, and we're planning on doing four flights a day on Friday and on Saturday. And so in order to coordinate all this, call down there to the Beam Easy Living Center at 530-273-5166, and they will get you set up on the roster as to which flight on which day that you would like to ride on. This is all going to be weather dependent. And if in the event we got washed out of the weather, we might be able to go next weekend and or we can always refund everybody's money if the weather precludes us from flying on the 11th to 12th. Explain what the benefit is for. So the benefit is for the Golden Empire Flying Association, which goes towards their Aviation Youth Scholarship Program. And the remaining money will go towards the care and feeding of the aircraft itself, the Australia Warbird Museum in Paso Robles, California, to help keep that Warbird flying. So this is happening Friday and Saturday out at the Nevada County Airport. Explain to people a phone number or a website where they could get more information. Right. So for more information, contact the Beam Easy Living Center right there in downtown Grass Valley at 530-273-5166, and they will take your uh, donation and they'll get you on the roster to figure out exactly what day and on what flight you'd like to fly on. You got any other information you want to throw at us, Juan? Oh, it's going to be a big deal. It's You won't be able to miss it. Everybody in Nevada County will see this aircraft flying over all day long, again, weather permitting. And so we're expecting a large crowd of folks to just to be coming up to the airport to check out the aircraft. And we welcome anybody that wants to come up to the airport and check it out and then see if you want to give the donation and take a ride on the aircraft for a 45-minute ride all through scenic Nevada County. We've been talking with Juan Brown from the Nevada County Airport. Thank you so much, Juan. All right. Thanks, Felton. And now, Molly Fisk. Molly Fisk, observations from a working poet. First snow of the year last night, after the first real rain of the year. Our water year is measured starting on October 1st, for some reason that I cannot tell you. But around here, it's just crunchy frozen hail dotting the yard. My front gate lock is solid ice, and I walk back through the house, up the stairs, and out the side gate, trying not to slam anything and wake up my neighbor. Then the whole car thing, finding the scraper, which was right where I left it last spring under the passenger seat ineffectively scratching ice from two little spots on my windshield so I could pretend to see out, my ungloved hands in complete shock. There isn't a cloud in the sky, so all this will melt in an hour, 
but I can't wait an hour to drink coffee. Isn't it funny how we can forget all about a whole season until it shows up again? Yesterday, there were many clouds in the sky, big thunderheads. One friend asked another if clouds were bigger this year because of climate crisis, and I know what she means. They aren't, but they sure look startling and gorgeous. Speaking of startling, my intrepid sister Sarah just sent me a video of an ocelot eating some big hunk of meat. It's a rescue ocelot. It and Sarah are both in Costa Rica, one of them on a dental tourism voyage and the other eating breakfast in a cage. Teeth, as you can see, are involved. American dentistry has gotten so expensive that a person can fly to Costa Rica, have implants or whatnot, and fly home again for less than it costs to drive into town and do it at your local periodontist's office. This presupposes that you like traveling and have someone, thank you, Cousin Brad, who can recommend a good Costa Rican dentist. And Sarah has brought her husband along, so the savings are double in their case. Ah, the half-life of human teeth. All around me, people are traveling. Costa Rica, New York City, Portugal, Bend, Oregon. Painting class in the south of France, an apple-growing tour of northern Italy, the list goes on. I am quite jealous and sort of surprised since I'm still afraid of death by COVID. I figure someone has to travel to the gas station and the grocery store just to keep things in balance, so I have volunteered for those unglamorous round trips. And the world exists in a blade of grass, as well as in a tropical jungle full of rainbow-billed toucans, don't forget. How are you doing out there on your side of the radio? Are you hanging on? Flourishing? Just rolling along? Scraping by? I know you can't answer exactly, but I want you to know I'm thinking of you, whoever you are, as winter arrives in our world again. My friends and my strangers, my highway patrol persons parked beside Interstate 80 with the heat on, my retired Pan Am flight attendants, my sleepy children in the back seat of the car, vaguely listening as they look out the window into the gathering dark. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. That's our newscast for Thursday, November 3rd. KVMR Community Radio gets support from our valued listeners and from Milkman Toner Company, providing local hometown service for network printers, copiers, and scanners, carrying remanufactured toner cartridges with printer support, serving Northern California counties and San Francisco to Lake Tahoe. MilkmanCompany.com 
and Saul Barros and Audiology Associates Hearing Center, connecting the Nevada County community to the sounds of life, offering holistic hearing health care, including hearing tests, earwax removal, hearing aids, and counseling. More information at grassvalleyhearing.com. This is Joyce Miller signing off. Please join us Friday at 6 for another edition of the KVMR Evening News.